0: And that is full time from Hindmast Stadium. After two so-so victories in their first two matches, this is the statement they've made to put the rest of the competition on notice. At full time from Adelaide, it's China 1, England 6. Well, just what English fans were uh, looking for, a uh, a really solid, complete performance, and they got that last night as they head into uh, the playoff side of things. England look in pretty good stead. Not sure we can say that, though, about the United States. Now, if you've been watching uh, on television, folks, uh, this uh, Women's Football World Cup, you have been treated to some wonderful commentary, and uh, we've got one of those uh, gentlemen with us now. Uh, Chris Wise is a world-class football commentator. If been uh, watching the games out of Wellington on the world television feed so far you would uh, know that it's a special art commentating alone and we're stoked to have Chris Dial into the show this morning uh, to uh, give us uh, just a little bit of a background about himself and and the World Cup uh, in general Chris thanks so much for for joining us
1: morning Smithy that's very kind thank you very much it's lovely to be with you
0: Well, Chris, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you perform a very uh, difficult art. I mean, uh, some of us that have delved in commentary usually have someone sitting on our right shoulder and people around the commentary box to turn to. But uh, you're pretty much flying solo here, uh, which makes it, uh, I, I, I would imagine, quite a challenging, a, a challenging task, but quite rewarding.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had um, I was fortunate, in fact, that the first three games of the tournament, I had somebody alongside me. So I had Laura Bassett, who was a, a former England international, who was also doing some of the co-commentary. Uh, but you're right, the last three, and I've got one today in Wellington as well. They're they're on my own, and yeah, they are they are a little trickier because I guess the dynamic changes slightly from from having that that um, that expert opinion uh from somebody alongside you to the fact that not only are you calling the moment but you then have to do the reflective bit as you'll know smithy you've got to you know you've got to talk over the replays um as well and and try and provide that expert analysis as much as you can around around the game so you're, you're almost doubling up and doing this dual role really but it's great it's great fun it's great fun
0: so, um, what about the, the research side of it, uh, from your point of view, Chris? I mean, normally, you know, when you're commentating internationally, um, you, you're usually doing your side. And so you, you pretty much know half of the combatants. The other half you can spend a bit more time on. But when you're a neutral uh, and World Cups bring this up uh, quite often, how much research goes into a game like tonight, for instance?
1: Yeah, a lot, to be honest, a lot. Um, I mean as a as a you know as a sheer basic you you've got to make sure that you've seen the teams already which obviously as the tournament goes on that gets a little easier because they've played at the tournament but obviously before the world cup began trying to find for some of the teams trying to find the footage of of old games is is tricky um so there's that aspect there's obviously a pronunciation aspect as well because you you absolutely need to make sure that not only can you identify all the players on the pitch but also that you're saying their names correctly as well and then there's the whole wrap around of the the statistics and making sure you've got all your numbers um, and delivering some color as well so you can really bring some of the stories to life and i think that's been the wonderful thing about this world cup and i hope you agree is that there's just mm. so many fantastic stories and lots of stories that haven't been told before. As well, and that's lovely to be able to, to do that to bring that to a, to a global audience.
0: Uh, I think it's the fascinating side of this World Cup in particular, and you don't see it very often in, um, in sports uh, like football where you can have someone like a martyr playing in her sixth World Cup uh, and, and you, she's playing or marking, or someone, uh, an 18, 19 year old debutante. Uh, I mean, you, you just don't see that very often.
1: No, and I think it also, what's, what's, what's brilliant, I think, as well, is that we've, we've seen over the last, I mean, particularly the last five years, but there has been this, this, this growth generally of, of the women's game is really becoming more and more prominent and is grabbing more newspaper headlines. And I know, obviously, with, with the way that the, the football firms embraced the tournament in New Zealand, that it, from that very first game against Norway when they won, it really it really grabbed the nation didn't it and i and yeah. i just hope that that from from that and there'll be loads of other stories with lots of different countries as well who who perhaps have have overperformed in in, in places i just hope that it's this sort of platform that allows young girls in particular to know that that they can get into football and there's a pathway and it really leaves a, a legacy and that's the beauty of, of these tournaments of these women's world women's world cup because with everyone that passes they're getting bigger and bigger and the sport is is growing and growing and and i mean the impact like i've seen it already myself being in new zealand the impact that it's had in 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 new zealand has been unbelievable so um i'm i'm, I'm really i'm really excited about it i think i think they're i think they're wonderful events um and they're just getting better and better
0: well the rugby union uh, particularly around wellington uh, i can tell you would crawl over broken glass to get the crowds that you've been able to draw uh for the football women's world cup uh, chris let's look at uh, a couple of the sides of real interest and uh, I mean one of the most recognisable without doubt for good reason is the uh, United States uh, women's football team but uh, is it recognisable in the state is in at the moment I mean they claw through last night on the fact that uh, half the width of a goalpost, they could have been flying home this morning what have you mm. made of this performance or this underwhelming performance
1: well it's interesting. I saw them here uh, with my own eyes because they were they were obviously here against the Netherlands a week or so ago um and I, I didn't think they performed as, as certainly as as with as much authority as as I thought they might and again last night in a you know that I mean that's a tough game for them playing Portugal and the Netherlands only just about scraped past Portugal in their group game but Nevertheless we've been waiting with the United States to see what we've seen from the last two tournaments where they have had complete authority in this in the last couple of world cups that that is without doubt and obviously this this year 2023 they were trying to do something that no team has ever done before male or female in 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 the game and that's win three consecutive world cups and from what we've seen so far it's difficult to make a case to say that that's going to happen because for all their star talent, they just don't have that edge that they've showed in 2019 and in 2015 and in tournaments gone before. I think one of the big things and lots of people have have mentioned this already, and I'm sure somebody's come on the show before and, and, and mentioned this to you, Smithy, is that the one thing that always made the United States perhaps stand out ahead of other nations at the women's world cup was fitness. Physically, they were fitter than every team. And even if a side was doing well and holding them with with 30 minutes to go, the United States found a way because they were fitter than them. And that's not the case anymore. The gap has closed markedly. Loads of nations now are far closer to the United States than, than they ever have been. So it makes it really interesting. So they now need to find something else. Now, they're through, obviously, and that's that's the main thing. Um, potentially, I think it's, it's Sweden. I think that they've got to play in the round of 16, mm-hmm. providing that Sweden win the group tonight, which we expect they will. And that is going to be an absolutely brilliant game because Sweden are ranked third in the world. They certainly wouldn't have wanted to come across the United States at this point in the competition. So that will certainly be a game to watch. That is going to be... Wonderful, I think Sweden against the United States, but also it's going to be it's going to be the United States' biggest test so far. If they come through that, then I'd say yeah, they they may well sort of find the rhythm to to go all the way to the final again, but it's going to be tricky.
0: Well, we haven't seen too much. Or we've been watching on telly, but they've flown on the radar a wee bit because they've been playing in Australia. And I'm talking about your side, England, uh, who really mm. uh, last night uh, just gave us a little glimpse of what might be possible. England's chances
1: good I would say I would say good they're obviously the European champions from from last year and they were they were excellent in that tournament um but they had last night against the People's Republic of China they did to to China what what the, you know, we've been crying out to see from the United and expecting to see from the United States and actually England in their first couple of games in the group against Haiti and against Denmark they weren't overly convincing. But last night, they absolutely were. I mean, they tore into China with that 6-1 win. So they've now gone through and will go through with the confidence and the momentum. And that's something that the United States and one or two others don't have. So... So I, I would certainly give England a chance, particularly off the back of last night. There were some brilliant performances lauren james in in particular was was sensational um, but the one thing that stands over England and has throughout this throughout the build up to the tournament was injuries they're, they're, I mean they were missing they 're missing big players they 're without Leah williamson um, they're without Beth Mead and then obviously we 've had this injury to one of their their best players, Kira Walsh, in this tournament already we don 't really know where she 's at in terms of her fitness but um, I, I mean I'd give England more more than a more than a good chance of having a having a decent run, but ultimately it, it depends who they bump into and they're going to have Nigeria in the round of sixteen and, and having watched the Nigerians that that's going to be a really tricky game for them
0: uh, I, I, you know I'm looking at what's uh, going to make the playoffs I, I cannot see uh, any lay down Mazzia's. it's just too tough to pick and, and including on this, I'm, I'm looking at Japan who have managed to accumulate uh, nine and un- eleven unanswered goals Chris. Uh, people are talking about them over here but we perhaps shouldn't be that surprised by them should we
1: not not necessarily didn't somebody tip them up on the on 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 your show at some point someone's tipped them out uh one of our uh, female
0: correspondents i forget who it was way 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 back tipped them out at 35 bucks a
1: a case yeah great show uh, uh,
0: 35 bucks yeah
1: yeah it's a brilliant shout and um and we we probably shouldn't be too surprised in the sense that let you know we can't we can't ignore the fact that they are former world champions but they that you know they had the peak and then they've had a, a little trough over the last sort of eight years or so but they're really coming back back to their own and they've got lots of young Exciting players coming through. Um, I mean, Miyazawa the other night took her goals splendidly. fujino is a, a young 19-year-old that's, that's worth keeping an eye on. I was there actually for that Spain game because obviously they were in Wellington a couple of nights ago for Japan-Spain um, mm. and and they were they were exceptional. I mean, they, they blew Spain away. So suddenly I would say you're looking at Japan and, and thinking, yeah, they've got a real chance of running deep in, in this tournament.
0: And uh, we could look at uh, a number of the teams in depth, but we did see Netherlands very potent last night against Vietnam. I think at some stage Vietnam was going to, you know, suffer the wrath, but uh, up until this point uh, they hadn't. But last night they copped it in Dunedin. and the Netherlands for you.
1: Good because they've got some they've got some star players. They've got Lika Martins who who links that forward line particularly well, and then. With with Jill Roord and Jackie Glennon in in midfield and Van der Graaf, who's playing her last ever tournament because she's retiring from football completely after this tournament so they they've got they've got a lot of they've got a lot of strong players and actually their their pathway through might be one now that they've won the group they might look at their pathway through and and think that it, it, it gives them a chance so again um, not to be tipping up absolutely everybody but i I'd, fa- I'd fancy the Netherlands to have a, a good mm. run in this too.
0: Yeah, it's it's damned hard to, to isolate one, to be perfectly honest. Chris Weiss, how many games of football you reckon? I mean, this is a World Cup year. How many games of football will you would you call in an average year?
1: Oh, that's a difficult one, really, because my, my bread and butter is probably with the Premier League in England. Mm. So I would say perhaps with, with European games as well back, back, back in England, I'd say perhaps in the region of 50, 55 perhaps,
0: so I, I mean, I, I thought it might have been a fraction more than actually, to be perfectly honest. So, but here's, well, here's to be honest, thing. maybe it is. Yeah, I'm, I yeah.
1: am thinking to. maybe it is. It's, it's on average, it's probably about it's probably about three a week. So when yeah. you when you fa- when you factor that in from August to May, because that's when the football season runs um, yeah. in, in England, and yeah, so it probably it probably I've probably undercooked it a little there.
0: Yeah, well, I think you're looking more like uh, a set, about seventy, my mate. But that's that's incredible. Um, who, who's your who me, who's your Premier League team? We probably won't hear it in your voice because you come across as exceptionally neutral. But who's your league? Who's your team?
1: So my 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 team actually don't play in the Premier League. They used to uh, a few years ago, but they're in the third tier now of, of English football, and it's Portsmouth. I don't know if you remember. Um, I don't yep. know if you remember Portsmouth being in, yeah, being in the Premier League. They were there for quite a few years, and actually, they had some. There was a time when they had some huge players as well, massive international players, um, the likes of Peter Crouch and um, Jermaine Defoe and David James and and Sol Campbell, um, and and their FA Cup winners uh, back in 2008, which is the which is the big tournament um, domestically in England. Um, but they're unfortunately they're in the third tier now, and there is. There is very little danger of me commentating on them in the Premier League anytime (laughs) soon, I can tell you.
0: (laughs) Hey, uh, I I don't want you to answer Wellington here because you probably won't anyway, but uh, your favourite venue that you've commentated football at or you love going back to?
1: Oh, um, that is a really tricky question. I mean, we're we're obviously very blessed in in England that there's not just some fabulous stadiums, but historically wonderful stadiums as well um i I mean i love anfield which is where liverpool play um just because the sound that comes from the cop um and that they they have they obviously have that famous you'll, you'll never walk alone um chant that they sing before every game and even though i've been there many many times it never ever fails to um send a shiver up my spine it's it's wonderful um so so I'd pick Anfield but there I mean there are so many there are honestly there are so many grounds that that I love I love going to and I'm very fortunate that I get to go to them too. You're looking forward to going to Luton Town? <laughs> I am. I tell you I have I have been to Kenilworth Road a few times before. It's great to have <laughs> it's great to have them in the top flight again. I have to say I was too young to remember when they were last there. Um but uh but yeah, it's it's, it's brilliant to have it's brilliant to have them back. I think I think ha- having new teams in in the Premier League is is fantastic, um, and it's such a tight. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you've you've obviously seen um, Kenilworth Road, Smithy, but for mm-hmm. anybody that anybody that hasn't is is well worth having a look on 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 Google or whatever later on today because it's a tiny tiny little stadium they've they've had to do about three million English pounds worth of development uh, to it over the last sort of few months to get it up to standards uh, just to be able to play Premier League football there um but it's going to be horrible for teams going there I mean uh, oppo- opposing teams going there this season it's a it's a it's a massive um it's a massive plus for Luton to have a stadium like that because because I tell <laughs> you some of the big teams will not enjoy their trips to Luton town this season
0: <laughs> oh, I, I just love it when the, you, you hear stories about the, the, the residents on, on game days uh, can't park their cars uh, outside their houses because it blocks the street for the visiting exactly. team buses uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I think it's fantastic and then just a slightly political one to finish with Chris and it's been wonderful talking to you uh, the emergence of uh, now the Saudis in football you see these big money stories or almost floating through daily Players offered this. Players offered that. Turning down this. Turning down that. They are hell bent on being a force in world football uh, by 2030, I believe. Do you see it happening?
1: We've had a we've we obviously had an influx of some money coming into the game um, from from China a few years ago. There was the there was a big drive for players to go to the the Chinese Super League, um, and it you know for a while it it, it worked and then it, it it faded away again. So. I watch with interest. I think from I think you know they as you say they they're absolutely hellbent on on trying to pull as many players across as possible and I see that Sadio Mane perhaps is the le- the latest one that's going to is going to switch over. I mean it'll be it'll be for for a for a neutral or if you're a fan of football in Saudi Arabia and um, they they absolutely love their football out there and they've got a really rich history with football too and that's that's really important to note. So so for supporters of football in Saudi Arabia um, they they're, they're going they're going to absolutely love it but um, I'm go- in terms of whether whether it will last or not I'm going I'm going to I'm going to sit on the fence because um, these next couple of years are, are going to be of, of great interest and I'm sure that lots of people around the world will be will be watching that and clubs will be watching that just to, just to see how it how it plays out and if if indeed the dial is 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 slowly moving in in that direction
0: Well, it is Italy and South Africa tonight from uh, the Wellington Regional Stadium and the voice you will be hearing is the man that we've just been listening to. uh, Mr Chris Wise, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I absolutely admire the work that you do and the professionalism that you bring to us and uh, what you've created for our little show this morning. Uh, We thank you for that and wish you uh, all the best for your remainder of your stay in New Zealand and during the World Cup.
1: That's really kind, Smithy. Thanks very much and, and thanks for having us on and have a great day.